Lock on transporters. Beam us up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Hello and welcome to Quote Me, I'm Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I am Andrea. And I'm Oshin. And today we're discussing the Enterprise Season 2 Episode 1, Shockwave Part 2, where the Enterprise crew is held hostage by the Soliban while Captain Archer remains trapped in the 31st century and Daniels agonizes that his impulsive act will jeopardize the existence of the Federation and forever change the course of history. Wow. That is the Google summary. It's very dramatic. It is. Now, before we get into it, there are some changes that we are implementing starting now, in which we made this my podcast. No. (laughs) (laughs) She, She did a coup over the break. Yeah. Um, I was voted <laughs> democratically <laughs> the host landslide victory. Yeah, I mean, um, I was voted to be the host of the show for the shows that I have seen and Ocean hasn't seen, and he will be the host for those shows that he has seen that I haven't seen. So from now on, I will be introducing the episodes of Enterprise. And kind of doing my best to lead the episodes. It's a learning curve, okay? But yeah, so that's the main change that you may see. The special episodes will remain depending on whose film we're watching. That person will host. But for Enterprise episodes, I will be your host. So keep the nasty comments to a minimum. Thank you. (laughs) And... (laughs) Oh, oh! Now let's keep them to a minimum. Last season was all like, "Oh, comment, comment, all you want, all I you mean, want, all the nasty." Com- and now let's keep them to a minimum. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a weak person. I'm a weak person. <laughs> so, jumping back into the episode, what are your first impressions? I feel like this was a an action packed episode. Yeah, yeah, it was really action packed. Straight off the bat, I, I was disappointed. Oh, okay. Because we have we well, we discussed what would what we were looking forward to in this episode, and in hindsight, perhaps foolishly, I was expecting some answers in regard to the temporal war. And despite my disappointment, I do have to admire the writers somewhat because they gave us absolutely. Nothing in terms of <laughs> answers to this temporal war. We learned nothing from this part two. And it's, as I said, it's admirable, but it's also incredibly frustrating because I feel like in regards to what we know about the temporal war at the start of season two, we know the exact same as we knew at the start of season one. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That is, I think, a true assessment <laughs> of reality. Yeah, because like, I thought we might get something, but the destruction of everything, that was the big reveal at the end of part one, I was given the impression that that was 
as a result of something the cabal had done, but it turns out it was actually not their plan at all, and it was just Daniel's mistake, and they were just as in the dark as Archer and everyone else. Yeah, I think, honestly, well, see, now I can't be objective, because I had seen the show before, and I and I cannot remember what my first impression was back then, if I thought the same or not. I don't remember those nuances, but I do, like, when we watched the last episode of season one, I did feel that it was kind of clear that what happened had Dan- Daniel's Daniels? Oh my god! Danny boy. <laughs> Confused, because it was because Archer was there. Um, Like, for me, it was clear that it wasn't someone attacking them. I think, it, like, it was a a paradox, right? Like, if your grandparents never existed, kind of deal. But I don't know if when I first watched it, that was also my impression, or if it was just like you, that I was confused. But again, I binge-watched it when I watched it for the first time, so I didn't wait, because we did wait, not months, but, like, we waited to watch the first episode of the second season. So... It's been a month. It's been a month, but not, like how it would have been in real life and <laughs> you forget everything. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I I agree with you that in some ways, but I do disagree with you in some other ways. Oh. It's a natural disagreement. <laughs> okay. I like this episode. Okay. What do you like about it? First of all, Hoshi is a beautiful <laughs> Yes. I am back on that train. I don't know. I don't know why I had to ask what you like about it. <laughs> I think that this episode was obviously recorded at the same time of part one. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, I think they recorded the whole thing and then they divided it in two parts. And I haven't seen the next episode, but I feel like the break was after this one. I may be wrong. Like I haven't checked, but. I think that that would make sense if you're recording part one to record part two as well and then go on your holiday. So my mindset is, in that case, if that is the case, if they filmed the two of them together and they just divided it later in post, it makes sense that the writing doesn't advance too much because it's the same episode, so I don't know. But I do agree with you that the plot doesn't go doesn't go forward as much as it should, right? It, it gives us some things, but it's not like plot revealing or... Does it? It gives us some things. Does it, Andrea? What What does it give us? The Federation. Oh, oh, wow. We, we finally learned that the Federation is going to be formed. <laughs> You're annoying. <laughs> so annoying, God bless. I, I don't think this episode gives us anything. And I just want to, I just want to say... I did like the episode. I didn't hate it or dislike it. I was just disappointed that I didn't get more from it. I think as an episode, it does work, but it just didn't give me what I was expecting or wanted. Okay, so you should lower your expectations. I am learning this. Yeah. I'm learning this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was an okay episode considering it could be more. Obviously, because it's the first episode of the season. It's a part two. But I do come from the opinion that 
they filmed it as the finale. So, yeah, that's I maybe I don't know because even for a finale, it doesn't have the punch that it should. I think the only redeeming thing from the actual finale from part one was that it was cut off on post, like the post production thing, uh, left it in a good place. But I don't think the episode itself was finale worthy. No. And I don't think this is first episode of the season worthy. But I did enjoy it. Because I like that we got the crew to work together. Trip showing up his engineering skills. Reed being useless. Hoshi being amazing and saving the day. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that part more than the actual temporal Cold War part of it. I, I just, I actually, I have more questions about the Temporal War. Okay. And I know you can't answer them, as we've discussed before in almost every episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> every, I think every but, episode that the Temporal War was brought up, you said that. <laughs> yeah. So basically, as you say, we do, we learn about the Federation and we learn that clearly Archer is key to the forming of the Federation because there's no Federation when it's taken out of the timeline. Correct. There's also no big holographic evil boss giving the Sulaban orders. Uh-huh. And so I'm thinking, is Archer also an important role in forming the the Sulaban? And is this whole series going to turn out to be some weird, not paradoxical, like causal loop, where basically somehow... The existence of Archer and Enterprise leads to this temporal war, and the temporal war, in turn, affects Enterprise and Archer, which then leads to the temporal war. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes, I don't. I honestly don't remember. I don't remember. That's fine. So, so what if if what I'm about to say is in any way what happens? It's just me making a guess, like you are, but. You are giving them so much credit. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Okay, okay. But I do think you're giving them too much credit. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember. Again, maybe. I don't know, but... Well, I I hope they've thought this through. Because as well... Okay, one of my big questions coming into part two, as we discussed on the last episode was will they undo the destruction of the colony and the deaths of 3,600 people? No. No. I don't. <laughs> no. They're dead. They're dead. Even though Daniel specifically says that that destruction wasn't meant to happen, I'm really confused because now the timeline has been changed significantly. 3,600 people are dead. And who knows how many descendants those people would have had in 800 years in Daniel's time. That's not, that's like a flock of butterfly effects. Yeah. And I'm really confused, and I know again this won't be answered, but I'm really confused as to my impression of this show when we started with the Temporal War was that, okay, we were actually seeing a version of the Enterprise timeline that was being turned into an alternate timeline as a result of the Temporal War. And so this version of history was a different version of history that Kirk and Picard and all the other 
Trek captain would have been aware of, that this is slightly different. Whereas now I'm thinking, actually, is the Temporal War actually supposed to happen in part of the history? And I know you can't answer that, and that's fine. But that's my thinking at the moment, and I'm just so confused about it all. Yeah. Because did the whole 3,600 people, the colony, that's thrown me completely because Daniel specifically said that wasn't supposed to happen. But it's happened, and now I'm like, okay, well, was it supposed to happen? And basically all of Star Trek is this weird alternate history. I don't know, alternate timeline that spun off as a result of the Temporal War. I mean, it is. But, um, so, I think to answer this question, we have to go back to the multiverse, kind of, because everything that happens creates a new timeline. Every choice you make creates a new timeline. And we know that in the Star Trek universe, multiple universes can coexist at once because of the Kelvin timeline. So, yeah, obviously, when this temporal cold war started affecting the Enterprise, that made a different timeline. But that doesn't mean that it's a secondary timeline. It's the main timeline. All of them are the main timelines. The word timeline doesn't have any meaning to me anymore. <laughs> I just said it a thousand times in a row. <laughs> um, so, I think the thing is that yeah, it it's the it's the main timeline. It was created it was created from an origin point and then it divided into two, but they are both equally as important and independent and they have everything like every life and every thought and every feeling. So I think yeah, there was a another timeline created, but it's the main one. It's our timeline. Okay. <laughs> That doesn't really satisfy me, but I'll see how the series ends. That's your problem. Um, and we'll see. No, I know. Thanks, though. Appreciate your support on this. No worries. <laughs> um, okay, so in regards to the idea that I had that the last episode and this episode were filmed together, I wrote, it's kind of weird to me that Archer asked Paul to trust him when we are already in season two. I think that was a given that she trusts him. Also, wasn't that part of his final words to her when he left the ship? Trust me and keep an open mind. Right. Maybe just in case we'd forgotten. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a month. But yeah, it, it felt like we were still in season one. Because I know, I think, I feel for the end of season one, they already trust each other. That's the impression that I got at the end of season one. I think so. So, just asking about, like, I don't know. It felt weird. I'm putting it down too, and I don't know if this is what is happening or if it will be addressed in the show. But my interpretation of it is that in terms of T'Pol's relationship with the crew, because she's a Vulcan and superior, um, she's further along in that relationship than they are. And so she's like, yeah, I trust you guys. You're my crew. Whereas they're still at the stage of, oh, she's a Vulcan. We need to remind her that she has to trust us. And I feel like there's a bit of, not prejudice, but a still of that Vulcan 
I suppose, stereotyping of, oh, DePaul's still the outsider and we still have to bring her in. And she's like, oh no, guys, I'm in. I don't agree. You're looking very skeptical. I don't see that. I don't see that. I think... No, I think it's the Captain Archer thing. His personality. I don't know. Well, I that's... I think... I Yeah, I, I agree with you in that. I think it's a him thing. But I think it's... He's asking her to trust him because he still doesn't quite trust her to do that. Because she's a Vulcan and he's a racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Very diplomatic uh, statement. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I have never thought that, but maybe, maybe. On the on the going back to the temporal war thing, I wanted to know because I know obviously. We've talked about time travel before and stuff, and this is, as I said, I think this may end up being some sort of causal loop, and Daniels refers to himself where he tried, basically he caused what he was trying to prevent by yeah. bringing Archer to the future. How do you in general feel about that kind of time travel trope? Because I know there's a few movies, like I, mean, the, I think 12 Monkeys does it, where it's a time travel movie, but... The whole movie is basically someone trying to prevent something and then them actually causing it. Um, well, I think time traveling and dealing with time is dangerous. I wouldn't know because I have never done it. But <laughs> I've seen enough Doctor Who to know <laughs> that it's a dangerous yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but I'm not offended by the trope. I think it's puts into perspective how finicky time is because time is a wibbly wobbly mess and you can't you can't trust it to work the way you want it. I do like that they went with the grandparent or the Hitler baby Hitler paradox. Yeah. I think that's the theory of time travel that makes the most sense to me anyway. If there's a problem in the past and you go back to fix the problem then there's no problem, then you wouldn't have gone back to fix it in the first place. So, yeah, I think it makes sense, but I don't have a, a strong opinion on the, no, oh, I'm trying to save the timeline and I fucked it up. I, I don't have a, a, an opinion on that one. I think it makes sense for this episode. And how do you feel about Daniels now? <laughs> I think we're going to see more of him. I think he'll be back. Uh, yeah. You can't confirm or deny that, Andrea. That's a spoiler. Maybe. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I have I have a bad memory. Yeah. No, I think it's pretty obvious he'll be back. Yeah, I think I don't think that's a spoiler. I think it was a spoiler when he died. Like if I said, "Oh no, for sure he's back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Then that would have been. But we know, we know he's not dead, and we know he's getting his dirty little hands on the timeline. Mm-hmm. What if Daniels is a bad guy all along? I mean, one can assume that someone that kidnaps other person is a bad uh, person. And he did kidnap the captain, so do with that what you will. He did. Last episode, for part one, I remarked on Daniels's costume, and you were like, I don't remember what he was wearing. I do remember. I do remember what he did was wearing. Did you notice this? Did you notice this episode? It's so bad. 
So when I was describing it to you last episode, I think I was like describing it as like black stringy things, and I think your mind jumped to Venom. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, well, I was actually having a closer look at it this episode. I was actually thinking if Venom was made in like the 90s or the 80s pre-CGI, this is probably how they would do it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's... <laughs> oh my god, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's so bad. I realised when they were in the library. That's when I realised. I think I think Tom Hardy could pull it off. Listen, Tom Hardy can pull off anything. <laughs> anything. He can pull me off. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... Uh, do you have any other comments about the Temporal War? Because I want to skip to something that is not. Oh, you're tired of it already. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the first thing you said is there's no more information about the Temporal Cold War than there was in season one. So, like, the only thing, and this, I think, this is just my misunderstanding, and I don't know if you had the same misunderstanding, but in the last episode, at the end of Shockwave Part One, when Daniels was doing the dramatic whole oh, everything is destroyed, everything's gone. I kind of assumed that he meant everything, including Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And so I was expecting this episode to be pretty much entirely focused on Daniels and Archer with very little Enterprise. And I was very surprised when Enterprise and crew of Enterprise showed up again alive and not at all destroyed. I think here we're we're talking about your expectations more than the episode itself. He never said that the Enterprise was destroyed. <laughs> I think that was my misunderstanding. I was going to ask, did you have the same misunderstanding? And no, you didn't. No. I have one more note on that Temporal War plotline. Okay. This is in relation to the fact that the writers gave us absolutely nothing. Because how did Archer get back in time? So... Um, science. <laughs> because um, they and science. That's my okay. answer. Final answer. <laughs> because they were building a communicator to send his image back in time, right? And then suddenly he was just jumping through and there in the past again. And I was like, how did they do that? So they built the communicator to go back in time as a hologram or something. Yeah. To contact the crew. And then we get Reed getting that tablet thing from Daniels's quarters. Yeah. So that's obviously technology from the 31st century, which I don't know how that works when the 31st century is destroyed and there was no 31st century to build that and Daniels to bring it back. But that's an Okay, so because it was in the past, it can stay in the past. What okay, good. Okay, good. Let's 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 roll with that. Um So it was thirty first century technology and I think they tuned into that frequency or something because they tricked the Suliban to take the tablet to their communicator and contact the person that they contacted. And I think they used the Suliban to generate that image, physical image, in the timeline. Listen, I don't know. Why are you asking? Why are you asking? I think you're putting a lot more thought into this than the writers did. Probably, but you asked. 
I know. But because, because you're welcome. I you asked a question and I'm trying to answer it, and now it's my problem. But it doesn't work. The answer doesn't work because okay, Silic so is the like just is messing around. Science. Silic is just messing around wildly with that thing, pressing random buttons and lifting sliders. Science. How do they know he's going to do the exact sequence that brings Archer there? Science. They don't. You don't want the real answer, so science. And then as well, Archer manages to escape. The Sulaban base. Obviously. With one hostage. Yeah. Okay. What do you That's mean? What, what do you, what's your question? Of course he takes a hostage. What? And then he just, he leaves the hostage. It's Captain Jonathan Archer. He, he drops the hostage as soon as the Sulaban fly away. Not thinking, maybe the Sulaban could come back, see that he's dropped the hostage, and then chase them again. It's not fine. It's fine. They'll be long gone. Sulaban are definitely aliens of their word. Listen, I think... I think you're reading too much into it. I think we're both reading too much into it. It was science. Okay. All of it. Science and... Fiction. (laughs) (laughs) It was science and fiction together. (laughs) (laughs) That is... I mean, that's all my notes specifically about the the Archer-Daniels Temporal War. Okay. Can we talk about Hoshi? Yeah. Okay. Um... (laughs) So, Hoshi saves the day, again. Yeah. So, my note is, Hoshi saves the day once more. Heart emoji. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next one is, those ducks weren't as tight as they made them seem. They could have fit there 100%. No, they weren't that, they weren't that tight. They said, they're so tight, only a, ch- a child could get into them. Yeah. And then, it's so spacious, I could have a nap in there. <laughs> I mean... Trip is an engineer, and therefore those ducks—they're they're clearly made so that a human can fit inside right. them and do engineering work. Yeah, and Trip's Trip's not big. Let's let's be honest. Trip is I a mean, short no. man. Yeah, it's uh, average. I would say it's not like he's built up and he's not no. skinny. Skinny legend. He's an average-looking man. Yeah. How did you feel uh, about how she? conveniently losing her t-shirt my note and i quote myself she loses her shirt in all capital letters question mark exclamation mark question mark exclamation mark question mark question mark question mark question mark what is this a sitcom is like oh don't ask questions mm-hmm. listen if i don't know i don't know i was gonna say if it was another situation but i don't think so why are we doing that? First of all, Miss Ma'ams, Miss Ma'ams, what are you doing not wearing a bra? That was my question. I mean, also, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that I, I was looking, but I mean, clearly she is wearing a bra when she is climbing through the ducks. Is she? Oh, I didn't go back and check. I think, I think you can tell from the movement or lack thereof whether oh, someone okay, is wearing yeah. a bra. Yeah, In- no, for sure. Well, I mean. Well, it depends on how big they are. Believe me. Yeah, of course. I don't think Hoshi is lacking in that department. No, I don't know. I would have to go back. But if that is the case, um, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing regardless? Why? Are, why? Why? But it did give us a chance to see her back and her in bright blue undershirt. I mean, also, it, it could have worked. I think that 
joke, and I'm using air quotes, it could have worked if she was wearing a bra. If she loses her t-shirt and she's just wearing a bra, that's still a reasonably oh ha 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 yeah. odd situation, and she's still she's still going to be embarrassed when Reed opens the door. If I ended up in front of my superior in my underwear, I would still cover myself. So, yeah, it, you didn't have to be fully naked for that yeah. to be funny. It also doesn't fit with the rest of the of the mood of the episode. No. So it it falls flat and weird. But then again, maybe back then it was so funny. We're looking at it from 20 years into the future. We're basically Daniels to these people. <laughs> did you did you hear when they were having the discussion about who should climb into the ducts hmm. and the ventilation? Did T'Pol call Hoshi Ensign Sato, or was she referring to another character? I don't remember that. But, I mean, she is Ensign Sato, so I would assume that she's referring to, to Hoshi, which is weird. What, what, what's Ensign Sato? Sato is Hoshi's surname. Oh, she's Hoshi Sato. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. Now you're making me doubt myself. I've never heard. I've, I was like, who the hell is fucking Sato? Yeah, Hoshi Sato. Oh. It's still weird that she calls her Ensign Sato, because I don't think she's done it before. I don't think anyone's done it before. I mean, you, did, you didn't know that that was her name, so... <laughs> I thought I... Uh, yeah. I was like, why the fuck, who's fucking... <laughs> who the fuck is Ensign Sato? It's also weird, because for sure... Did they uh, mention Mayweather as Mayweather? No, they always call him Travis. So they're on a first-name basis, that's fine, and then they just whipped out the Ensign Sato. It's also weird because the setup is very informal, like they're trying to break out of prison, quote-unquote, so it's not like rank has anything to do with anything going on, because they are prisoners and they're trying to escape, and they're asking Hoshi to climb into an air duct to help them out. So it's not like they're on a mission and Tepal is the commanding officer and she's addressing everybody by their rank and surname. It's, it, if that is true and that and she really calls her engine shadow, which I don't doubt that she does because you have great memory. So, um, but that's so weird. She definitely does. I mean, I have to believe you because you didn't know that was her surname and you just brought it up. So. Yeah. Maybe it was to Paul suddenly like, I'm going into professional sub-commander mode and ordering you. Maybe. I don't know. I would have to go back and check that scene. That and the bra. <laughs> to see if there was a bra at one point. I feel like just as an actor anyway. No, because... You wouldn't do... No, because when they are in the decontamination scenes on the first season, there's no bra. Under the shirt. There's nipple everywhere. There was no nipple. There was nipple. Not that I was looking. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> there was definitely nipple. From from Topol, at least, I, I, I want to say. Ah, oh, Topol loves getting her nips out. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, Hoshi, you're about to lose your shirt, so you cannot wear... Well, Hoshi, the actress. Uh, you cannot wear a bra in this scene where you're on all fours, crawling around... A small space. Listen, I don't like it. It's making me achy. I think we should do a live check. We need to go back and check if she's wearing a bra. I'm doing it. 
one eternity later. I mean, I don't know. There's nothing for or against the theory that there is a bra. Yeah, there's no definitive proof. I just feel like if you know you're going to be crawling around in tight spaces, then maybe you can answer this as I would put the tightest bra. Yeah, you'd put on a bra. Yeah. If I was the only hope for my crew to get out alive of a situation, I would put the tightest bra. Because these are not these are not getting in the way of saving my crew's life. Yeah, exactly. Hoshi's just Hoshi's just being reckless. I think Hoshi's just she just has small titties and they don't get in the way. So I have two more points. I don't know how your list is looking. I've I've got one more. I've got a question about their overall plan. Okay. And I think we kind of have discussed this, but I just wanted to confirm. It was part of the plan that Reed get caught. Yeah. Okay, next point. (laughs) (laughs) I think so, because um, you would assume so, because they wanted them to have the tablet to get to the place to bring Archer. Because science. Yeah, but what if it was actually their plan not to get caught and they were going to use the tablet? No, I don't think so. I think Reed was supposed to be caught. In which case, first episode of season two, Hmm. who thought we'd be here, we have to somewhat applaud Reed for taking that beating from the Zulabon. It's his job. (laughs) Okay. It's his job. He's the security officer. It's This is just like when people say, oh, being a cop is so hard and so dangerous. You become a cop. You are not born I don't, a cop. I don't... Yeah, but I don't think it's... It's a risk. It's definitely like a risk of the job, but it's not... You're not getting paid to get caught and tortured. Yeah, he's... It's a risk, but it's not in the job description. When... That month, when he got paid, he got paid <laughs> because of that. So... I don't feel bad. No, he would he would have got paid if he hadn't done that. Yeah, but he got paid because of that too. And I'm no. sure. And I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure when Archer got back, because they said first of all, Tavol, Tavol said Lieutenant Reed suffered some minor injuries, but he's recovering in sick bay. That man was <laughs> oh, yeah. beaten. <laughs> he was beaten to a pulp. Um, so I'm sure that Captain Archer went and gave him a pat on the back and was like, thank you so much for your service, your sir. Tipped his fedora and probably gave him a bonus because, yeah, it's his job. That is his job. He's security officer, chief officer. His job is to get beaten. Am I saying that? Uh, Am I saying that because I want to beat him? Uh, But yeah, so. Is it to Paul's job? She got tortured. No, that wasn't her job. Well, I mean, it's kind of her job because she's first officer, right? So it's kind of her job on that side. If the captain goes missing, they're going to go for the first officer. <laughs> and it's okay. If you don't like it, check yourself that that's the truth. I don't think it's me with the problem. This bitch. <laughs> okay, well. So what was your what was your point about do you want to start with the Paul or Trip? Um I think we should start with Trip. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's just a comment that I liked. Um at the end of the episode, he literally said Son of a bitch. He did it. And it's not censored. I think that's their their one cast word 
that they can't say out loud. And he said, Well, no, because. Because Archer calls Silic a bastard. I said you're an ugly bastard. Well, bastard is not an. It's, like, it's not. It's not. Bastard is a state of mind. I'm a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> bastard. Okay. But I am a bastard, though. I am, because I was born out of wedlock. No, I know. Um, I know, but I, I mean, this is. I was born out of two wedlocks. Two. Yeah. My mom and my um, dad. I'm a big bastard. Bastards. <laughs> bastards definitely swear, though. It is an insult, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, it's just, oh, your parents yeah, weren't but- married when they had you. Like, I would... That doesn't offend me. Because it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's definitely, in this context, it's... De- well, like, I mean, yeah, he means it Ar- as an insult. Archer but- isn't stating a fact. Archer is insane. So like know. I know your family history and you're a bastard. Well maybe maybe he is. I've been know. to the future. He was in the future and I've he seen. could have seen. Yeah. I mean I, I'm just saying bastard definitely is a swear word. I think word. there are worse words. I'm not saying there aren't. I'm just saying bastard is also a swear word. It is, but it's a silly one. I think bitch is worse. Bitch probably definitely worse, yeah. Uh but I, I did love uh Trip getting mad at the end and calling the Vulcans pathetic. That was very important. Yes. We proved to you that we didn't kill those 3,600 people, but you don't want to hear it. Are you pathetic? That's enough, Commander. Very, very loyal dog protecting his master. As he should. So what did you think of the call this episode? I liked her. I liked the hallucination when she thinks she's hallucinating the captain. I didn't like that he asked her to trust him. But I did like that he went to her. I don't know if that was premeditated. I would assume so because he came in asking for her. So I like that. And I like that the next scene that we see after that is literally her in action trying to get them out. And then I also love the ending. So to the question, was the Paul right? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. This is a Tapol podcast and then the rest. We did start this spreadsheet at the start of season one, and this is something we're trying to try and keep actual track of this season. Yeah. Whether T'Pol is right. And T'Pol is right in this episode. Yeah. Agree. Um, yeah. But I the loved, end. Love her. Love her. And I loved when she was being tortured, that she kept repeating. The Vulcan science director has determined that time travel is impossible. Yes. It was like in war movies when captured prisoners just repeat their name, rank, and number. Yeah. We've talked about this before in last season, but the actress of the ball is so good. She's so good. For such a shitty script that she was handed. Yeah, and it's such a difficult role because you have to suppress your emotions. She's amazing. She's so good. And I think that the repeating of the whole sentence uh which i think would be good in a t-shirt oh yes definitely yeah i think that's a good t-shirt quote so i think that scene through the interrogation slash torture (laughs) and then when she's at home or her quarters and when she ends the sentence the science vulcan director has determined that time travel 
there's so much emotion. It shows that she cares deeply about the safety of the captain. It shows that she's actively against what the Vulcan science is saying. <laughs> and there's a shift in her point of view that it's also very interesting once the captain is back and he visits her in her quarters at the end, in the middle of the night. And she says that she still doesn't believe him. And he's like, bitch. <laughs> the hell you don't. I like that. Part. Yeah. And yeah, no, I thought she was great in this episode. Yeah. As we said, the actress is fantastic. Yeah, no, they, they the writers are doing to Paul right. Yes, that is correct. I agree. Do we think if what you think is correct, and they filmed this with part one, do we think that that's the last minor attempt? I to hope maybe so. Hit hint at shipping Archer and so. Hull. My wishes for this season and henceforth is please stop with Paul and Archer, <laughs> and yeah. also Reed and Hoshi. Stop it. Oh, I don't think they're... Because what a coincidence that she got topless in front of his quarters. Such a coincidence. No, I, I don't think they're shipping Reed and Hoshi. I, I don't think they're trying. I think they're testing the waters. And I hate it. Give me Mayweather and Hoshi. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, because it's not that, like, the, the only thing in that scene with Archer and Paul that even hints at a shipping is when he mentions, oh, I think someone saw me come in here. And it's just weird. There's no need to do, why, ha why have that in the midnight at all, then? Just have it during the day. No need for that scene to be at night. And because they're still also having, and I know they're definitely doing this, I don't know if it's the actors who are doing this, or maybe it's written in the script, but they are still having looks between Trip and Paul. There are, like, there's glances between them where, like, Trip will say something stupid or something funny and they'll just have a look. There was definitely at least one example of that in this episode. I can't remember where it was. But that's where the chemistry is, guys. Just zone in on that. I think we would have to wait and see the next episode if it feels different and how... I just, I'm just so ready for Trip and Paul to get together. I don't remember it taking this long before... <laughs> well that's because so you binged long. it before I know. <laughs> did you did you notice though that when trip first called reed on the communicators in the room did you notice that he he did mention that he did try to call to paul first yeah i mean homeboy knows oh i'm so ready for them to get together <laughs> yeah so can we talk about the Vulcans? Fuck them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I've gone back to my original theory and that head Vulcan who doesn't like Enterprise is the same guy who's giving the Pseudobander orders in the future. I've gone back to that. Okay. I have my suspicions on him again. I'd like to pose a scenario to you, Andrea. Okay, well, okay, okay, okay. We're role-playing. Yeah, we're, so you're a Vulcan. You're a captain of a Vulcan ship. You're being really logical, okay? You're expecting... A human Starfleet to report to you because they made a boo-boo and killed 3,600 people. Yeah, that's a normal boo-boo. Yeah. You detect this human starship on your long-range sensors. 
you know, they're, they're coming towards you. And then these other strange ships come in. You don't know them. You don't know who they are, what they're doing. And Enterprise disappears. Do you at all think you might be suspicious of the other ships that just are there you don't know? Or do you think you'd immediately jump to the conclusion, logically, that Enterprise is clearly just making a run for it? I don't know if you want the serious answer or if you want it to <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I would think they're running away. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, it just, it really... And that bothered me because I was like, these are meant to be logical people and this is the most illogical conclusion that they could have come to on yeah. this. It's also because they say, blah, 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 humans suck, blah, 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 but Chapol is a Vulcan and because she's not reporting back to us, I have to assume that she's being kidnapped or that she's there against her will or something like that. Sir, maybe the whole crew is being held against their will. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because there has been no prior example of the Enterprise trying to run away from justice or Starfleet or Earth. Like, they've never attempted that. So... Well, aside from breaking out of a detention camp. Yeah, but they're not running away from Starfleet. Oh yeah, not Starfleet, no. Like, Archer was selected because I would assume he's good morals. So... Yeah, I just... Listen... Vulcans? Crazy people. Crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. So at at the end of this episode, has Archer now told Starfleet and the Vulcans about the Temple War? I don't know. I don't think so. Because, like... Maybe maybe Starfleet, but not the Vulcans. Why would he tell the Vulcans? The Vulcan science forever has determined. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. And... They are infallible. But um, they do say it's this This sounds implausible. And presumably he has to justify the destruction of that colony somehow. And I don't think there's any way to justify it aside from explaining that invisible time travelers sabotage their ship. He does present the records that he told Silic to give back. So now the problem is to explain how he got those records. Without saying, I took a hostage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the way you were, you were talking about me getting into conflicts with other races? Well, I did have to do it again, just to make sure <laughs> that I didn't. <laughs> so, out. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> you, you may have a point, but this time it was for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, this time I was breaking out. Again. And then... Andrea, finally, just uh, just one more one more thought. Have you ever watched a gazelle giving birth and thought this is a perfect analogy of the human race? N- uh, n- I have never seen a gazelle give birth. Um, <laughs> why? Why? Why did it have to be a gazelle? Because science. <laughs> <laughs> Every. Every other animal in the animal, most other animals in the animal. Yeah, most kingdom. other animals are born ready to go. Yeah. I listen. I think there is a point to his metaphor because it is true that when we compare ourselves to the rest of the animal kingdom, human babies are so underprepared. 
And the only reason that they come out so early is because otherwise we wouldn't be able to give birth to them. Like physically, they wouldn't fit through the hip bones. But that doesn't mean that they're ready for the world, because obviously they are not. So there is a bit of truth in that metaphor for me. Like, I understand. I don't think that was the place, time or place, to talk about gazelles giving birth. I did think that it was a very archer thing to do. To just go like... Such an archer thing to do. You could just explain normally that humans are on a learning are on a learning curve and it's slightly steeper than the Vulcans. Yeah, I think just say uh listen, we humans are experts at learning and then failing and learning and failing and stumbling twice over the same rock and but you didn't have to bring gazelles into this. What did gazelles ever do to you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was right in that DePaul totally pushed that over the top because it was nowhere near the top after <laughs> after Archer's gazelle metaphor. I think Hoshi and DePaul saved the day in two different ways today. Definitely, for sure. Okay, so I think that was the commentary on the episode. We talked about it, about an episode that at first you said gave us nothing. <laughs> Way too <long. laughs> Um, and now yeah. uh, we're going to add a segment at the end of these episodes that will hopefully help us in the finale episode of the season and the show, reading some categories that we brought up on the last episode, maybe to like keep track, and if you agree or disagree with that, you can go ahead and let us know um, if you would answer any of these differently. So, there are a few categories that we will not be adding every episode, and there are some categories that we will try to give an answer to, but maybe they don't work for an episode, which is, for example, the first one, spin-off character. I don't think Daniels uh, deserves <laughs> an award, <laughs> at least for now. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I would want a spin-off show about Daniels. No, me neither. It's enough of him that we see now. Uh, now, the horniest moment it has to be against my will, Hoshi losing her shirt. Because we do see her shirtless, but at what cost? I don't think it's particularly horny, though. Yeah, I think it was more like a joke. Yeah, I don't think there's any intent of sexual undercurrent to it. Which is great. We like to see that. Yeah. Not that I object to, to horny moments featuring Hoshi. No, we we love those. We love those. <laughs> yeah, no. More of those. Line on a shirt. I think we said. The Vulcan size... <laughs> <laughs> What's the word that they say? Directorate. Directorate, isn't it? Okay, I don't know. Um, I think that would be good. The Vulcan Science Directorate has determined that time travel is impossible. Yeah. And honestly, I would put that on the front and on the back, uh, I would put the, 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 the quote um, from Spock. When you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And I think those two together go very well. So I think I would have the science referee on the front 
and then the improbable quote. And that is also used in the Big Bang Theory. Like, it's a big quote. It's a big quote. You're just uncultured. Okay. I'm sorry. I think that's definitely a contender for quote to be on a t-shirt. Do you think this will be a contender for best or worst episode? No. I think this should be, in theory, be one of the best episodes because it's the first one. It's part two of the other one. But it's not. <laughs> no, I don't think it. I don't think it is because also it doesn't work on its own. You you have to watch. Yeah, no, I part know, one. but like, I that's why I'm I'm saying this should be in theory one of the best episodes, but it's not. It's just not. It's just not. No, it's not. And would you recommend? This is a new category, guys. Would you recommend this episode to a person that has never watched the show? No, <laughs> we just said no. <laughs> no, <laughs> we just no. Said. Uh, the parameters for this category are: if you know nothing about Star Trek Enterprise and you watch this episode, would you first of all want to continue watching the show, and secondly, understand what the fuck is going on? <laughs> exactly. You absolutely would. You would never start off watching a show with a part two. <laughs> no, not a not a part two. Also, not a season two. Generally, because Star Trek is different. Star Trek, because it's episodic, maybe next episode has nothing to do and it could have been a season one episode and it works. But definitely not the first episode of season two. That's never a good option <laughs> to start a yeah, show in. Exactly. And I don't no, understand not. people who do that. There's people who skip seasons that they've never seen before. That's just insane. I couldn't do that. What if I'm missing inside jokes? I'm, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of people that uh, do that, or used to do that at least with Doctor Who. They skipped Christopher Eccleston's season. And I, personally, don't like that. Because that... I, I think... I... I'm gonna say it. I like 9 more than 11. <laughs> I, I think Doctor Who's different, because... Each new Doctor is like a new season or a new series. Yeah, but that's why it doesn't make sense to me. Because why would you skip a whole Doctor? Okay, I mean, so you maybe you do know that I only started watching Doctor Who in season five. No, I didn't know. So you've never <laughs> watched Tenant or you went back and watched Tenant? I went back and watched nine and ten. And I'd seen like maybe the odd episode here and there. But season five, Matt Smith, was my first full season. So you are the kind of person that we are complaining about. <laughs> because I've always wanted to watch it. And, I've always, and I said, oh, well, it's a new Doctor. They always introduce the new Doctor and do the whole kind of new show introducing for people. So it's You're a trying to justify something that doesn't work? I think Doctor Who is like the one exception where it's no. like, if you want to jump in midway through... No. Did you go back and watch all classic Doctor Who? I started it. Yeah, but you didn't start on you didn't start on Triton, did you? Or Hartnell? First of all, no, I didn't. You didn't. Second no, of you all, didn't. no. It's a reboot, though. Nine. Is he nine or one? Oh, he's nine. Yeah, he's nine. It's a reboot, though. It's weird that a reboot would start at nine, though, rather than one. Yeah, but it's season one. Yeah, but he's Doctor Nine. Yeah, but it's season one. He's the one. ninth Doctor. Right. Have you watched the classic Who? No, but I'm not the one arguing that you sh that I should have. You were the one that was just complaining about people starting mid-season or mid-show. Yeah. 
I don't for think a part listen. I, I, I want to go back and watch classic classic who, but the first seasons are in black and white. I cannot I my brain cannot do black and white. It's so boring. Give me colors. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I think watching a show from the beginning as much as you can. Hmm. Okay. But I think Doctor Who is the perfect show. It's the literally one exception where you can jump in. I don't mid. agree. I wouldn't start in season three, which is Tennant's second season. But if you start at a new Doctor, I think that's fine. I don't agree. Okay. Okay, good. Thank you for joining. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, thank you for joining us on this week's episode, Shockwave Part 2. I hope you enjoyed and we'll be back next week with the next episode. You can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at podmeupscotty, and you can email us at podmeupscotty at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Bye-bye! Bye! Scotty, come in. Ready to beam up. Beam us up home. I, oh, I think, oh, I think oh. I saw a glimmer of a bra. What's what's uh what's Einstein? Hang on, I'm trying to I'm trying to go back. It's when she's Oh, go big screen please. Enhance enhance